0: It's BudPod one hundred and ninety. One hundred and ninety. Yeah. I'm feeling feisty. I'm feeling feisty for the big two hundred. We're only ten away from two hundred. There's a chance that double two, century, double century, not out. Um,
1: There's a chance that two hundred will be occurring around the time of our, the first ever live BudPod.
0: Oh, that'll be nice. Oh imagine if the live bud pod just happens to be the uh, two hundredth. Spooky, spooky. Spooky The two hundred
1: The sweet two hundred, yeah. We're, we're listeners, we're looking into another live Bud Pod date, um, because the first one sold out to Patreons only in three hours, which is positively terrifying.
0: Yes, yeah, terrifying in a good way, like a yeah. good horror movie. Or oh, God. Speaking of which, speaking of which, yesterday, oh god. Speaking of which yesterday, last night, I watched, for the first time, Pierre, The Wicker Man, the original Wicker Ooh. Man, from 1973. Very nice. What did you think? It, I loved it. I loved it. It's good, isn't I it? Thought it was so good. Have you seen it? Yeah, I I really like
1: um the masks, and I like the sort of naked lady dancing.
0: Yeah, the naked lady dancing, the fucking on the beach. It's so truly w- weird, but captivating. And the soundtrack slaps. <laughs> the soundtrack is like it's weirdly great. It's all these like, creepy folk songs. Yeah,
1: yeah. And anything the- with lots of sort of lutes and people go la la la, like weird choruses.
0: It's really good. I hadn't realised just how much Midsummer took from it.
1: Yeah, it's 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 the classic piece of folk horror, I suppose, cinematically.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, it's so great i thought it was so so good and they and i'm becoming like a sort of boring film snob uh anti anti anti-effect anti-special effect person yeah because there isn't a single special effect in the whole movie it's just people doing weird shit in weird clothes in an, a remote place, and it's really effective. It's all you need. It's all you need.
1: Yeah, it, there's not like uh, some sort of CGI kind of magic thing happening. It's just human unsettlingness.
0: Yeah, and yeah. not a mobile oh, phone in great. sight. And there's there's a young Christopher Lee, a young Saruman, mm. <laughs> not a not a mobile phone in sight. It's true. <laughs> but see, it's so much, so much of horror. So many horror. Premises are now ruined by the existence of mobile phones because you can just, you know, you can just look up where you are. You can just go and Google Google Maps. All horror movies set in modern times now have to have at least they have to have a beat where they show the character has no signal.
1: Yeah. Or or like um, the creepy dude showing you around. It's like, oh, you'll find it quite impossible to access the Internet here.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Every movie has to have this disclaimer now.
1: Yeah, every every yeah, it's every movie has to stop in the middle of the atmosphere creation process and go, and there's no mobile signal anyway. So this guy, <laughs> it's such a <an laughs> tedious
0: little interruption. I mean, um, they have one in Midsummer, don't they? What do they do in Midsummer? They have the, to.
1: The creepy beardy guy says something like along those lines.
0: He does, doesn't he? Right, right, yeah. right,
1: yeah. <laughs> well, very far from the mobile phone, must and they all go, ooh, this is real. And then, you know. <laughs> ah,
0: digital detox. Wow. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, I, th- That's very good to hear, and I think you're right about the effects. I mean, I, have you seen um, Terry Gilliam's Brazil? No. I recommend watching it purely because of how amazingly it is uh, um, its visuals are amazing and it's it's all like models like the original Star Wars.
0: Oh, okay, not like just not really hot people, just not not lots of really hot people.
1: No, no, no. like like physical models. Um although you know the cast are still celebrities, so I guess they're inherently <laughs> going to be pretty hot. Um, that's true it's also just a very good film but generally speaking like watching it you go wow this, actually, this does just look so much better without
0: it is so much better
1: bad 3D like Playstation 2 cutscene fuckery
0: I like bad bad real effects are better than good computer effects I swear to yeah. god like in the original Jurassic Park where it's just like and it's good I guess but sort of animatronic head of a dinosaur doing the same movement again and again going Aah it's still better yep. than having it in in 3D.
1: Yeah, I mean I I caught a bit of the first Harry Potter movie the other day and it's it look bits of it look whank.
0: <laughs> that's it. That's it sort of yeah, computer graphics age as well. <laughs> they age in a way that practical effects don't age. That's
1: the thing. Like that's the crazy thing about Brazil. I think Brazil is from the 80s and it just it mm-hmm. looks great. Same as the original Star Wars because it's like incredible oil painting on a sheet of glass is the scenery behind them, you know.
0: Yeah, very cool. And Um, the Wicker Man, the actual Wicker Man in the Wicker Man is a proper actual Wicker Man. They made a Wicker Man. They made a Wicker Man Man and they burnt the Wicker Man. (laughs) It's sick. It's so good and so weird and creepy. Ah, it's... I loved it. Absolutely loved it. One of my... Maybe one of my favorite movies ever. I loved it. Yeah, I'm I'm becoming. I'm I'm slightly becoming a horror boy. Okay,
1: interesting. An interesting life change. An interesting arc for you.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm getting into my horrors. You know, other other men as they get older, they buy a sports car or (laughs) date someone of dubious uh, age appropriateness. But I (laughs) get into horror movies from the 70s.
1: You get really into folk horror specifically. Folk horror.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you get really into like uh, yeah.
1: woodcuts and sort of 1600s exorcism testimony.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um there is one there is there is one bit though in it um where the the protagonist Sergeant Howie, he's in the he's trying to figure out what the hell is going on in this weird village. And he goes to the village library and he opens... He just finds a book about, like, folk Mm. ceremonies, which describes what they do to the letter. And it's like, why would you have that book in your own library? I guess it's for the... I guess they teach the locals about their their ways, don't they? But I feel like there's always a bit in these horror movies where... The the protagonist will go to a library and find out everything they need to know. Yes, about the the horror monster. It happens in it as well, doesn't it? The the kid they go to the library and they learn the entire town's history and a history of some. And everyone in the, else in the town seemed weirdly not to know. It's all in the library, easily found, and it yeah. explains everything.
1: I think the realistic part of that is people's desultory knowledge about their own environment. I think that's true.
0: Yeah, and also <laughs> no one goes to the, their own libraries. Yeah, no it's one all go- about the death of the library. That's a true horror story here, Pierre. Yeah. It's the death of local libraries. <laughs>
1: That's it. I mean, I once um, there's a li- there's a sort of library down the road from me, and I sort of thought, oh, maybe I could. Maybe it's maybe it's better, you know, if I sort of go with my little laptop and I work in the library, not just in a cafe where I have to buy coffee, you know. Mm, mm. And so I thought, yeah, yeah. Because when I was a kid, I made great use of the my local library on the Isle of Man. Shout out to Port Erin Library, next to the dry cleaners. Um,
0: I imagine that 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 place has a has a a wicker man vibe to it.
1: <laughs> it's a bit more like um sort of a a pebble dashed northern town, but then like yeah, there would be like a wicker I don't know a wicker angel of the north.
0: Right, <laughs> maybe something like yeah. that. But then you also have the the slightly sort of weird accent that you can kind of place by card. I I, yeah. I didn't realize the Wicked Man was set in the Hebrides.
1: Yeah, they didn't lean too heavily into. I, I'm not sure how authentic the accents were, but I guess they were comprehensible. Um,
0: they sounded they sounded a lot like um, the accents I've heard from from the Outer Isles. There, they they have this weird Scottish accent with the the R's roll a bit shorter. Um, a bit lo- shorter. Lot-
1: a lot more gala-sized, yeah. that's for sure. Um Yeah. But I, the
0: I, 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 I had a photograph taken for the I had photographs taken for The Guardian once by um this photographer He's quite well known, I think. He's from uh the Isle of Harris or Isle of Lewis or one of those. And mm. he sounded like they do in, in The Wicker Man.
1: Oh good. Mm. It's authentic. It Phil Phil and listeners, if you like good folk horror, highly recommend Ben Wheatley's A Field in England.
0: Okay. With, is that a
1: movie? Yeah, with Michael Smiley and Reese Smith and some other I'll guy. Add it to my list, it's really fucking good. I, it's one of the. I, I just think it's one of the best films I've seen, and it's really good folk horror. It's all in black and white. Lovely. It's really, really good. Um, yeah, it is nice. But Phil, my library quest failed because everyone in there was sort of. You know, libraries suit the needs of their community. And in my community, the need is for, um, to cater, or half the library and two thirds of the library entirely to children. Mm mm-hmm. The children of the borough, rightly so. And one third of the library to people who need to learn English or figure out how yep. to fill in a, quite a lot of official forms.
0: Yeah, that's it. That's it. My My sister is a librarian in Bristol and and you know we're, we're all very uh, impressed and proud of her because it's a very difficult thing to do now to become a librarian because there are just so few jobs yeah so it, it's, it's highly highly competitive and she yeah but the sounds of it the work of a modern day librarian in the uk is mainly helping people file applications for um i don't know um uh right to stay or you know asylum or learning english or it's yeah, a lot of filling government forms and help with computers it's cause for a lot of people it's the only place i can get a a computer with an inter- con- internet connection and someone get online, can yeah. guide yeah yeah so that's that's the main and and as, and as you say children so that is the main yeah. work of a library now
1: so then uh, i thought i should probably not sit in a chair here with my macbook again. i'm writing jokes about my bum what are you guys doing <laughs> thought I'll, <laughs> I'll make space i'll go i'll go back to the cafe the cafe is fine i'll sit there
0: was it that level was it that level busy that you were sort of taking up space
1: um it was fairly busy it was just more than the whole thing felt like this is not what this space is for so I thought, yeah yeah fair enough
0: yeah the vibe is yeah the vibe isn't right the vibe was off um, the the vibes vibe was was off. off. I can also... Sorry, everyone. The vibes off. That's Sorry. what you do. That's what you say really loudly when you get up at the library. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I, uh, I tip over a massive um, spiralling shelf of kids' books. Sorry, everyone. The vibes off. Clang. <laughs> <laughs> I point at it on the floor. Vibes off. <laughs> I point from all the kids. You knock books over the floor. one of
0: those. You knock over one of those ladders on the wheels that the librarians <laughs> on the top of.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, vibes off. Vibes off. I'm pointing at all the scattered kids books and the librarian on the floor going, oh, oh, oh pointing from them, one, two, then back at me. Vibes off. Vibes off. Vibes off.
0: Uh, <laughs>
1: and weirdly, everyone using the library is just nodding really slowly like, no, nah, he's right.
0: have um, P- P- you've, you've also recently seen a suspenseful film mm. that you quite liked.
1: I've seen two. Which the, one are we talking
0: about? Oh, the one about the restaurant.
1: Yes, the menu. Yeah, is it good? I really liked it. It's a, it's a bit silly. It's a comedy. It's a horror comedy. Ah, horror com. It's a, it's a comma. Um, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's a comma. But it's got Ray Fiennes is in it being unsettling, which is one of my favourite Ray Fiennes.
0: He's good at, at, at unsettling.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. He's. In there being unsettling with his little blue peepers. Um, yeah. And guy who I can never remember who he plays, but always plays a sort of little American worm. <laughs> What's his name?
0: Uh, is this, who is this? The, the, the boyfriend character? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I always think of him as um,
1: like Cornelius or something, but he's not. He's in like Cornelius. the. Cornelius. Oh, in, Nicholas Holt. Yeah, Nicholas Holt. There you go.
0: Yeah. He's always like He's a little English. dweeb. Yeah. Yeah, there there's something sort of unsettling about him. Again, blue peeper. P- blue peepers.
1: He has blue peepers and also he his upper lip is very close to his nose. Yes. That can often Yes. That creates a sort of constant smile that can be quite unsettling. Mm. Mm. Oh my god, he was in so. Mad Max Fury Road. Was he the bald gremlin man?
0: He's, he's the guy who says, what a lovely day. That's him. <laughs> oh, my
1: God. All oh, right. Yeah, I didn't realize. Yeah. Well, he's very transformative then. And like every uh, uh, popular British actor around our age, Phil, he was in Skins, I'm seeing.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's his big break, Skins.
1: Never, ever had any interest in watching Skins, I must be honest.
0: I was just about to say, you. Skins was not made for you and me. No. No. There's a great bit that Stuart Lee made for I think an early uh, Charlie Brooker screen wipe. Yeah. And Stuart Lee talks about Skins, and compares it to the coming of age TV that he had when he was a young teenager, or a tween or whatever. Yeah. And you know his stuff was his TV show was about a girl who had to su- find herself in a post nuclear apocalyptic um, England and had yeah. to find her way to survival. And he said he he said he found that less alienating than Skins. It made <laughs> Skins makes him feel more lonely than that show about the girl in the Apocalyptic wasteland. And I'm and I agree. Skins made me as a sort of gawky, kind of awkward, not particularly cool, not sexually active teenager. Skins made me feel worse. It made me feel yeah more lonely and more more weird and more unappealing.
1: Oh god yeah. I mean cuz it's basically just like these 14-year-old dipshits are having some kind of weed jacuzzi fuck party. Why aren't you?
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> yeah. And um
0: I've never understood the appeal of shows like that.
1: Any even in a show like that when they have by by necessity a few characters who are like outcasts, they're always like chiseled handsome outcasts or beautiful take off her glasses outcasts. They're never just like, mm. slightly dumpy obsessives.
0: <laughs> and uh, yeah, and that was us, dumpy obsessives. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That was the name of our, um, our two-man band. We were dumpy obsessives. We were the schlubby anoraks. We were the,
1: <laughs> dumpy obsessives and a couple of anoraks and we both played the drums. That was it.
0: <laughs> drums only band. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. But Nicholas Holt is, is a good actor. Actually. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, it wasn't Yeah, wasn't for me.
1: You watch that, and, and as you say, yeah, you just think, I'm already not really going to a- parties when I'm sort of 14, 15. Yeah, it felt 15. like a TV
0: show made for popular kids.
1: Yeah. Right? It was odd, because the popular kids were probably only watching it when on catch-up when they got home from all the cool parties.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Was, they weren't it watching four. it
1: live um also like speaking of yeah oh yeah go on well just um just as you say like it 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 felt almost like cctv footage of what you and i thought we were missing out on
0: (laughs) exactly exactly it seemed to be sort of confirming all my worst anxieties about my my place in the social (laughs) firmament of teenage teenagehood yeah um well speaking of shit shows as it mm. were pierre um the Qatar World Cup I'm transfixed yeah. by all the shitness of it, yeah, social
1: media is alive with the sound of people in inadequate accommodation and confused so funny. administration,
0: so funny people are living it's like the accommodation looks like fire festival, but in the desert, yeah they they've turned they're turning up and it's these thick plastic lined tents essentially in the desert it's Like, apparently it's intolerable to be inside during the day. Yes, that makes sense. Um, And they have a single fan to keep cool inside the tent. It's hilarious.
1: It's, um... You know what it is, Phil? It's what happens when you shame the host nation out of providing the cooling system it wanted to, which was a load of trafficked people from South Asia. Swatting enormous palm leaves. Yeah, (laughs) Yes, I saw um a video of some uh Everton fan, some guy in an Everton shirt being like taken by some Qatari local to his sort of desert villa and being introduced to like uh his pet lion.
0: Yeah, I saw this. Like this this guy just has a chained up lion cub in by his yeah. swimming pool and this scouser's just like, "Oh my god. Wow." <laughs> He's so com- comfortable with it. Like if I was not that close to a lion, the lion's like like play biting him and stuff like this guy's this guy's got balls oh i was
1: i I thought yeah i was watching it going "Uh uh-oh because eventually he's he's confident because he doesn't i don't think he fully understands what that lion even at a young age could do (laughs) if it wanted to right yeah so i was just like yeah he he thinks it's like a big fun dog Mm, it's not yeah it's paws are already the size of this guy's face
0: Exactly. It's like getting just old enough that it's, it's starting to look quite dangerous.
1: Yeah. Very common from what I uh, read and hear, uh, uh, the very the ultra-wealthy uh, in the Middle East seem to do a lot of dodgy uh, exotic animal imports from Africa.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. So,
1: it's an important part of football.
0: It's a big part of the beautiful game. Uh... <laughs> They should bring on like they should bring on the lions, all the all the locally kept lions on at halftime, and have like an actual sort of gladiator style fight.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: yes. Yeah. The, the lions and the Christians. They just throw a bunch of Christians in there. Just and they have to fight the lions. Yeah. Just just
1: completely abandon all pretense and go. This is what we like.
0: Just to Im- really go for it. <laughs> that would be great you see Saudi Arabia Saudi Arabia beat Argentina today I was just trying to look up what happened with that did they win yeah they won 2-1 oh my god uh, which is not good someone you want? No, you want that is gross hate you, you hate gross. to see a country which uh, you hate to see a country that has a sabre on its flag happy it's yeah. not pleasant
1: you hate to see a country that beheads wizards
0: uh, win at anything really? Yeah, it's a real bummer. So everyone, everyone's quite annoyed with. Ar- I'm quite annoyed with Argentina. Messi scores. He got get. They get a penalty in the first half, and um, and it was from what it sounds like the Saudi Arabia are really good at what's known as the offside trap, which just means that their 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 back four or back three, if how many defenders have, stay in a very straight line, so that it's very hard to for the opposition strikers to get through without being offside. I mean fundamentally, I've probably misunderstood that a little. But so the so the Argentina scored three goals that were disallowed for offside. And oh then, fuck. Yeah. And then Saudi Arabia won two very good goals. They scored two very good goals in, in the second half. Oh wow. Oh, okay. So that was like a sneaky little a little sneaky tactic. Yeah, yeah. I mean it looks like they're they're good um well they're very motivated
1: because if they don't win they're probably gonna one of their relatives is probably gonna have a bit of them chopped off (laughs) (laughs) it's good motivation Uh, when you know that you live in a country where people are regularly beheaded yeah um for i'm just i'm I'm just looking up but checking my sources i say they didn't behead a guy for being a wizard it was on charges of sorcery and witchcraft not the same thing
0: yeah so be fair pierre don't mischaracterize them please yeah, in in Saudi Arabia, football is actually named after the two pieces they cut off first if you lose. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and you don't want to know what they call arm wrestling. That really is. It's just wrestling, but if you lose, you lose your fucking arms.
0: <laughs> uh, I I I was on. I was on. Um, the last leg, Pierre. On oh, speaking of um, feet, I was yes. on the last leg on Friday on Channel Four. It was a lot of fun. Um, posted a couple of clips. I wrote a bunch of jokes about uh, the Qatar World Cup. I didn't manage to say them all. May I? May I? Re- may I read out the ones I didn't? I wasn't able to do. Please. Okay. Um, I mean, some. Okay. You. You might. You might be able to tell why I didn't. <laughs> Tell a couple of these. Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> um, Qatar. They started. Qatar started building the infrastructure for this World Cup in 2010. They're actually making a movie about it. Twelve years, a million slaves. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, what else? Yeah. Uh, That's well, great. It's, you know, performing, performing because the black, black eyed peas and Robbie Williams performing in Qatar um it's a tough gig qatar you don't want to do too well because if you steal the show in qatar they cut your hands off (laughs) (laughs) uh I, I, i thought i had i thought i had uh oh no i had another really bad oh yeah um the 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 logo i don't know if you've seen the the um the, mascot. the m- mascot yeah the mascot for k- the qatar world cup looks like a ghost which <laughs> makes sense it makes sense that qatar is a very haunted place it is after all built on an indian burial ground oh perfect very good <laughs> um, but th- <laughs> but um you can understand why i didn't do that joke on on the last leg, which is overall mm, quite an upbeat
1: yeah, they like to do a big smile and to do a very sincere appeal. Mm, yes. Whereas yes. you're you're channeling more some classic uh, dark,
0: s- cynical uh, vibes there, which I think are more effective overall. I mean, the the Indian burial ground joke is really an homage to a Frankie Boyle joke um, about America, where he said America yeah. is America seems cursed, while well, it is built on an Indian burial ground. Yes, indeed, uh, a classic,
1: yeah. bo- a classic boil uh, a boil joke. Yeah, I mean, it's it's odd, isn't it? Because there's some people have been saying, uh, "Oh, you'd be, you're being meaner to Qatar than Russia," and it's like, well, yeah, we were nice to, to Russia about the World Cup because we thought it would bring them into the fold. Well, look how well that's fucking turned out.
0: Mm, yeah. Yeah, and the, the I mean the apologists for Qatar, yeah. embarrassing. The the kind of things people are saying like Oh, you judge Qatar for the migrant workers. Don't you know that we had slaves 200 years ago? (laughs) And it's like, how thick do you have to be not to appreciate the difference between having slaves two centuries ago and having slaves now? One is clearly worse than the other. This whataboutery is pathetic, and I don't understand what people are trying to achieve.
1: Well, the main thing some of them are trying to achieve is that their entire personality and and belief system is structured crucially around the idea that the West is always wrong and worse than everywhere else. Mm. So if there's ever an instance where somewhere else is um, worse than the West, that's just not permitted, unless they are an ally of the West. Right. Because then they are part of the West and then they are bad. So Saudi Arabia... Um, is bad because it's friends with America too much. Whereas if mm-hmm. America switched alliances from Saudi Arabia to Iran, say, then yep. um, Iran would then become bad, and Saudi Arabia would become um, noble desert traditionalists.
0: <laughs> yep, yeah, and and you know Qatar, they're not they're not dumb. They know how to play into this. They're saying things like you know everyone is welcome here, but we do ask that people respect our culture. Mm. Which is a clever way of putting it, because I mean, by the sound, by the looks of it, their culture is uh, homophobia <laughs> and uh, slavery. Because yeah, because that's the, what that's the things they apparently don't want people criticizing.
1: Yeah, they they don't want anyone to mention the truly evil things they do. Um, and they are very clever because they've invested hundreds of millions of bajillions into the West in order to precisely limit this kind of thing.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the backtracking has been... The one thing I wonder about this is who's going to come out of this uh, debacle of a World Cup more embarrassed, Qatar or the West? Qatar or... I mean, FIFA is already, you know, morally bankrupt and everyone knew that. But who's yeah. going to come out of this worse? Qatar or, say, England, who made a big proclamation about wearing this rainbow armband in support of LGBT people. And then when FIFA said, you'll get a yellow card, England went, Oh, alright, we won't wear it then. Yeah. Apparently I mean, that's Den- pretty embarrassing. Apparently
1: Denmark's still gonna do it. They just said, well we're gonna do it. Fuck you then.
0: Really? That'll be impressive. It's so embarrassing for England. I mean this is embarrassing thing, right? So England's yeah. first match was against Iran. And there were there was talk before this of like, you know not only should we be boycotting Qatar, but should we, should we be allowing our players to play Iran, considering what's going on over there? You know, Should we make a stand by refusing to play Iran? And then England have this U-turn about the armband. Meanwhile, the Iranian captain says out loud, on record, that he stands with the protesters in Iran. When they play the Iranian national anthem in the stadium, the Iranian players don't sing it. And all the Iranian fans have flags saying um, women uh was it women, peace, freedom. Or yeah. the slogan for their the revolution. So Eng- England end up getting shown up by Iran in the um activism aspect. Yeah. It's Iran it's, show more of a moral backbone than England. It's it was very, very embarrassing for us. It's,
1: it's deeply embarrassing and I think the only thing the only the only people who should be more embarrassed than then um, <laughs> the England uh, football team uh, or English football, in that sense, are the people who, um, when when old uh, old Joe Lycett did his good his good old stunt with Beckham,
0: yeah, which moment. I wanted to say on the record, I knew I knew that he I knew it was fake money. I I, tweet, I texted this to our WhatsApp group, Pierre. Yeah, and I said I'm locking this this in. It's fake money. He's going to reveal he actually did donate it. And Wang was right. I'm impossible to trick, Pierre. I'm impossible to trick. <laughs> I thought okay, he was. Sorry, go on. I thought he was going to go... because he does this kind of. Th- he
1: does these cool st- like awareness raising stunts quite a lot. I thought he was going to go full punk with this one, but I was wrong. It's still good, but the people who should be the most embarrassed feel are all the people who tweeted about it, going, "Oh, it's a disgrace! What about the cost of living?" <laughs> and all the right wing pundits who are like, "Oh, what an outrageous waste! He could have given it to the poor," and you go, "Oh, really? You think the poor should have free money?" And they go, "Well, no, obviously not." <laughs> Like, if, uh, if if Lycett had tweeted a picture of him wearing a used Rolex, no one would have said anything.
0: What do you mean? As in, if he'd spent that money on a Rolex? Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, a used yeah, yeah, Rolex. You go, look at my new Rolex. The same,
1: I doubt all the right-wing pundits would have quote-tweeted him going, outrageous, they should give the Rolex money to the poor.
0: Or even if he'd destroyed a Rolex on... People yeah. probably would have cheered him destroying a Rolex, even if it well, had cost ten thousand pounds.
1: Also, Phil, you and I, unlike a lot of um, the the public, or perhaps even like some of, the, but uh, unlike some of the right wing commentators, although I don't think so, you and I know how much PR for anything costs. So awareness raising, mm. selling tickets, whatever, just trying to get headlines um, mm. is basically impossible. And I mean, like, the, if if you if you think you could get a front page in various newspapers for ten grand, you're a fucking idiot. That's an incredible, in incredibly efficient um, per pound. Yes, cheap. It's oh cheap yeah,
0: for for that level of PR fucking to get on BBC hell. News, like to get on BBC News, what three times? Front page is, of the um, Mirror for. For ten K is very is very cheap. It's true. It's true. Also, I read and uh, this might just be Twitter nonsense, but I read a comment saying that the Bank of England will actually just replace destroyed cash.
1: I think Is that true? I don't think it's in this true in the sense that they keep track somehow of destroyed cash, but it's it's true in the sense that if the money's no longer in circulation, it sort of invisibly floats back to the Bank of England.
0: Right. Okay.
1: I'm not sure. But oh, it doesn't but, matter. By th- 'Cause we don't have any money anyway.
0: The, yeah, that's true. By the way, quick recommendation on um on Radio 4 on BBC Sounds, there's uh Tim Harford, who I who, who's very good and I've learned a lot from. He's done this little mini series about explaining the economy, basically going like back to basics and explaining things like inflation and what banks do and all this sort of thing. And it's really good. I think it's called Explaining the Economy on Okay. Uh, on BBC Sounds. Highly recommended. These are the only 15-minute episodes and you, you kind of just learn the basics. is very good. Uh, that's, so that's what I've been doing. Anyway, Pierre, I think we should probably get to some correspondents. Yes. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus.
1: Ring to rings, letters emails, emails Ring letters, correspondence. correspondence. Um I need to find the right folder. Yeah. I, I thought um Lycett, Lycett played it very well. I mean, if you want to raise awareness of all this stuff. And you know what, to be fair, I also like I hadn't quite um his demands were pretty thin. All he wanted was like a statement. He didn't want him to give away all the money.
0: I no, I thought he wanted Beckham to to renounce the deal completely. I thought he wanted him not to do it.
1: Well obviously that's what he wants, but on the Richard Herring podcast, Lysett was saying well, even him just admitting, oh yes, Qatar's not not good for gay people would be something. But he said literally nothing. Right. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. It wasn't like he was even meeting them in the middle, you know. Right. Like it's not insane to go. I don't like, I don't like these laws or whatever. Um, and you know, once you're already worth four hundred million pounds, do you really need to film a load of adverts where you go, "Oh wow, brilliant," while someone sort of yeah, gestures vaguely at the desert?
0: Yeah, it is peculiar. I, th- I think people, at first people said he was getting is a deal worth ten million pound, uh, pounds. What Beckham was doing, but then there, I've also heard there's hundred and fifty million. Actually, it's actually much, much more.
1: I'm sure it's, I mean, they basically have infinite money from what I can tell, so I'm sure it's uh, as much as possible.
0: I don't know if I'm being stupid here, but what are the Gulf Arab states so rich from? Is it just oil? Oil and gas, yeah. Right, that is it. Yeah. And, right, yeah, yeah okay.
1: Pre-oil and gas discoveries, they were mostly famous, I think, for pearls.
0: So when, when did this, the, the Gulf Arab states become very rich? What, in the early 20th, 20th century?
1: Well, no, because they were still basically colonies at that point. It was the but when was the oil post-war? found?
0: Post-war. When was the oil found?
1: I think the oil was found around then, but they weren't getting the money, buddy.
0: Right, 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 right. Yeah, you know. okay.
1: Um, it was when they're independent and stuff, and there was the whole Gulf of Aden thing. Yeah. Gulf of a- Aden? Yeah, in the 50s. So I'm going to guess that they started really raking in the cash mid to late 50s. Saudi Arabia in the 40s had that big deal with um, right. the Americans.
0: Okay, I get you, I get you. And then by the 70s... And I guess that's why, like, stuff in the... Like, films in the 70s and stuff, you start seeing sort of Arab-dressed guys as a sort of new character on the scene, the very rich Arab guy. Yeah, that's true. It starts to become a thing around the 70s and 80s.
1: Yes, that's true, yeah. That's, a, that's a, always a good way of tracking social change.
0: Right, and then there was the the, the, the oil... um was it, the oil... OPEC. Yeah, the OPEC crisis, right, in the 70s? Yeah. So yeah. that's, is that when the, the Arab states got together? That was
1: 78, yeah, the oil-producing economies and countries, something like that, yeah, the, the Arab yeah, states, but also yeah. I think Venezuela was in that as well.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Anyway, is Russia it, an OPEC? No. No, Russia's not an OPEC.
1: No, I don't think so. But they basically held everyone hostage, yeah, and the Americans. Yeah. It kind of helped Reagan get elected. Mm-hmm. Luckily, these days, rising fuel prices will never make Americans vote for a lunatic. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Andrew gets in touch. Andrew! What's the plan, Drew? What's the plan, Drew? Uh, Dear Pierre and Phil, apparently I meant to do something with your names here, but I haven't quite figured out what. Fair enough.
0: No, it's nice nice to reset from time to time, go Mm -hmm. back to basics. Today, I listened to the
1: email from your correspondent in BudPod number 137. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Where they said they felt compelled to binge BudPod from the start in order not to miss any in-jokes. I, alas, feel no such compulsion. Doctors do not recommend. What? Doctors do not recommend. Doctors do not recommend. That's our
0: catchphrase when this comes up, yeah.
1: (laughs) I, alas, feel no such compulsion slash have been cheating on you with other podcasts. (laughs) <laughs> look we're we're this is an open relationship don't worry about it <laughs> and we he said he says as long as you never meet each other it's fine <laughs> that's funny it's probably true
0: <laughs> i mean we probably have that's yeah thing. depending on the podcast yeah that's true yeah but okay. we don't want to know their names <laughs>
1: <laughs> um and I've only heard the episodes as they have been released since Edinburgh this year where I saw Pierre and liked him so much I decided to research him further.
0: I think this is a year ago now because we're so out of date. That's funny the way to put it like he likes you so much he researched you like he tried to figure out how you work, yeah, why he a, likes you. Yeah, like a like an unusual dish. What is this? Yeah, he goes like 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 in those American movies he goes to libraries and he goes to one of those computers that just has old newspapers on it. <laughs> and he's like
1: scrolling through old stories, the microfiche, yeah, and the colors are inverted, yeah. so the text is white, and everything else is black,
0: yeah, that's it, that's it. find old stories of you,
1: yeah, oh my God and just um <laughs> young young comedian chortle student final list or whatever like. yeah
0: <laughs> new comedian does well in middle spot. Yeah, yeah, it's just yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And it's just a And it's like, oh my God, and it's just like a younger photo of you just doing quite well at a gig. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: But because it's all fake for a movie, they've had to sort of smush my face onto just like someone else's head. <laughs> <laughs> I always like it in films where they do that, where they've just somehow failed to get pictures of the actor as a younger person. Or...
0: Oh, do you know what I saw yesterday? It was um, just the opening bit of it's a new documentary about uh, Hong Kong and the various uprisings and rebellions uh, and protests. Okay. And for the first time I've ever seen in a documentary of this type they've they're, they're hiding the identity of the people speaking with AI with deep fakes. No. So they're not blurring the faces. Yeah, they're they're deep faking the faces. So they they're just changing the faces.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah, it's pretty cool. That's amazing and spooky.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's spooky. Oh, wow. Anyway,
1: well Andrew says, as a casual interloper on the Bud Pod friend group, I can safely say that you have just the right level of in-jokes. Very nice.
0: Yeah, yeah. There's always a danger with in-jokes that the podcast just becomes incomprehensible after a certain yes. point. Yes. Yeah. He uh, says, um, they The other are there thing for- is, we also, we don't have, um, I at least, don't have the memory to remember more than three in-jokes. <laughs> yes, it's true. They do fade.
1: Um. Yeah. Andrew says they are just the right level of in-jokes. They're there for those who appreciate them, but not the main event. And in a way, <laughs> it's actually quite nice to not know everything. It's kind of like when a sci-fi or fantasy series hints at the fantastic world you never actually see. It gives depth.
0: That's it. That's it. Sometimes hmm. the unseen is better than, than the seen. That's good, yeah. You can kind of piece together. You can piece together what, what an in-joke is.
1: Yeah, you can. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Andrew says, like most people, I love a good in joke when I'm an insider, but I always feel it's somewhat the fast food of comedy. Irresistible in the moment, but you know it's not really as nutritious as the healthy diet of original
0: material. <laughs> that's very good. Yes, that's exactly it. That's, that's exactly really good. Right. I, I feel the same way about callbacks. Yeah. Callbacks are the fast food of stand up as well. Yeah, you they feel that good, but week. they're nutritionally empty. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's the callback theme.
0: (laughs) Very good. It ends with the fart, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yes.
1: Yes. I feel your show is a perfectly balanced food pyramid of the two, and long may it be thus. Anyway, poo and pee and so on. Am I doing it right?
0: Yeah, pretty good. You are. You're
1: nailing it, Andrew, I think. I think you're (laughs) absolutely nailing it. That's a really nice email. It's a nice sort of piece of, like, very sort of astute critique. I liked it.
0: Very good, yeah. Sort of... um dispatches from the new front line, the sort of the new recruits. Yeah. It's good to hear. It's, it's, nice. it's a fresh pair of eyes, isn't it? It's a very useful thing to have.
1: Yeah, I think that's right. And it's it's reassuring.
0: Yes, yes, it is. It's reassuring to know that we make sense to someone who hasn't necessarily listened to us from the start. Yeah. Yeah, Because well. we're about to hit 200, Pierre. There's going to be a point at which it just becomes... M- just physically unsafe to to listen to the entire bank catalogue.
1: Yeah. It's sort of the, the the kind of thing you can only do if you're you're trapped on some sort of space station.
0: Hmm. <laughs> you know. Yeah. They are, yeah, you need to be Matt Damon in, in the Martian really to get yeah, through. He could
1: has the time to catch up while he's desperately pl-
0: planting potatoes in the frozen earth. <laughs> In his shit, isn't it? He's planting potatoes in his shit, right? In everyone's shit. Yeah, everyone's shit. Everyone's it's a good movie, the Martian.
1: It's good. Uh, we have an email from
0: Maz. Maz. Mm. Um, uh, and all that jazz. Nice.
1: Nice. Uh. She says, derriere fier. <laughs> nice. She says, I don't know. I thought about it for too long.
0: So Fierre is a combination of our two names, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. D- Daria instead of Deer. It's good stuff. Oh, I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. That's good.
1: Um, Ma says, I've been binging your excellent podcast, physicians do not recommend. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've been binging your excellent podcast. Being a 40-something South Asian mum with graying hair, a very grown-up job, and a love of watercolor and crochet. Wow. What mm. a full life. Very full life. Very good. Wow, rich.
0: Crochet and watercolors.
1: Yeah, so being a 40-something South Asian mum with graying hair, a very grown-up job, and a love of watercolor and crochet, an excellent candidate for coolest uncool, by the way. Everyone thinks it's lame, but you can make some incredible things with a little hook. And sometimes crocheters are called hookers.
0: Oh, that's nice. That's fun. Yeah. So yeah, crochet for coolest uncool. Yeah, right, crochet and sort of... Yeah, crocheting sort of became kind of hip, at least for our generation, which probably just means we're getting old, about yeah. two, two years ago, two, three years ago. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Something like that. So given all this, Maz says, I must fall at the very edge of your listener demographic, but this hasn't stopped me achieving full Pistorian status.
0: Oh, well done, Maz. We're well really done. Glad to hear that. And we don't know. I mean, we've not really done a, a census an, an of the ages of our listeners. No. No, we. But from the correspondence, we do seem. We, I think we we, we capture a, quite a nice, diverse cross section of society. I think so. I think so.
1: Mm. Matt says I started in the latter half of 2021, and listening to you through a couple of the maddest years in recent history has made for a fascinating and entertaining time capsule. Yes. Hmm. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Recently, my eight-year-old daughter made a bit of a fuss when I accidentally scratched her leg with my fingernail. I rubbed it better. <laughs> Only for her to exclaim, that really hurt, actually.
0: <laughs> which, caused my,
1: which caused my husband, also a podbud, and me to break into laughter. She was somewhat amused. And I had to explain, we weren't just laughing at her pain. <laughs> but how do you explain this podcast to a child? <laughs> it's true. A week later, she heard Phil exclaim, it's all about the cunnilingus. Oh, no. When my phone accidentally connected to the smart speaker in the lounge instead of my earbuds in the kitchen. Oh, no.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Uh,
1: I managed to hit stop pretty quickly, and she was more alarmed by the sudden noise than the words, which she thankfully ignored. Anyway.
0: Well, exactly. That that's it in it? When it, when the young child, they don't know what words mean. They can no. only read on the faces of the adults around them that that they weren't meant to hear that.
1: Yeah, as much as I would love an eight year old to start saying phrases like "It's all about the cannellinis," <laughs> with like real confidence. <laughs> so, Matt says. Anyway, here's what I actually wanted to tell you about. Many years ago, I dated a posh idiot. <laughs>
0: Yeah, we've met a stuff. few. We know a couple. Yeah.
1: He had some awful views and did some moronic things. Hmm. Yeah. Um. To give you an example, oh, I was not expecting this. To give you an example, he once injected his testicles with saline. What? Because he'd heard it makes them swell up and become comically large for a few hours.
0: <gasps> no. Oh, I was like, "Well, I was genuinely thinking, what posh thing is this guy done? Is he gone fox hunting or said something about immigrants?" But he's injected his balls with saline. (laughs) Ah, you know. It'd be
1: very funny for a very posh person to excuse me. Do you have any saline for my balls? Like after a dinner?
0: Hell, that's mad. I mean, that's like. That's fucking Marilyn Manson shit to do. Yeah,
1: Matt says I was spared having to witness this, so I can't confirm how successful the experiment was. But he told me it was great fun.
0: No, Jolly was fun
1: having massive knackers
0: and pickle and pickled sperm. I don't know if. Surely
1: the injection is into the bag, not the nut. Ugh.
0: Surely. Fuck! I
1: hate this. Yeah, I (laughs) knew you wouldn't like it. Um, none of my friends liked him and if you asked him what he did for a living he'd say he was in property he was an estate agent Bleh. yuck like, you are probably wondering what I saw in him yes <laughs> saline so- <laughs> with an x-ray you just love you just low insult um, you're probably wondering what I saw in him well he was incredibly good looking and lived cheaply in a flat his parents owned just off Oxford Street
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. love is a complex thing.
1: <laughs> he didn't actually need to work, but his mum made him. <laughs> yeah. I lived a fair way out of London then, so it was like having a hotel to stumble back to after every night out.
0: That is handy. That yeah. is handy. Yeah, no, I completely understand.
1: She says, uh, We were watching a film one Sunday morning, and he paused it to go to the loo. He was gone for so long, I started reading a book. Did he take a syringe in with him, (laughs) (laughs) chance? And a big thing of table salt. (laughs) Um, Just a pack of Maldon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be back in a bit. Eventually, he came back looking very upset and asked me if I knew what the symptoms were of serious intestinal conditions. Uh, He also wanted me to look at something coming out of his anus. uh, Yeah. Um, I did not want to look at his anus, and I was quite certain that whatever was going on, he had caused it. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yes,
1: I was of course correct, and figured it out after a minor investigation and without having to examine his anus, okay, so that's impressive. That's like uh Columbo doesn't even need to see the sign of the scene of the crime. He can tell you from behind mm. the door what's gone
0: on and what what is it what well,
1: was it? the previous day he had gone to a fancy deli and brought several slices of prosciutto mm, mm. He arrived home and standing in his kitchen with no plate or accompaniment, he just ripped the slices apart and gobbled half the pack down like a big dog, hardly chewing the meat <laughs> at
0: all. Oh God, I have a feeling where this is going and I, I really hope I'm not correct. He hadn't noticed the layer of cling film between each slice. Oh fuck, okay, I, I, I didn't, that was not what I was expecting. Yeah.
1: Later, halfway through pooing, he realized something was stuck hanging out of him. He reached down and pulled out a long bit of poopy cling film from his bum, believing his insides were painlessly but shockingly falling out. (laughs) (laughs) Just sheets of intestine.
0: (laughs) Perfectly rectangular.
1: Oh my god, no! (laughs) What? No! (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. uh, that's I l- so funny.
1: I like to imagine him saying no in that weird rounded London way. No. Oh, no. No. He pooed a bit more and then another strip oh, began fuck. to emerge. With every centimeter he pulled out, he became increasingly <laughs> convinced he was going to die. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he tucked the dangling bumworm into his pants and decided
0: to come out and ask for help. Fucking hell. <laughs> I mean, well done figuring out, Mass, because like, without the context of what he'd been eating the day before, it- it's a surprise.
1: It's very homesick. It'd be what hot. What have you
0: eaten? Yes. Yes, yes.
1: Wait a minute. Um, Maz says, Once I'd columboed, and oh, no, there oh, we go, Columbo, yeah. Once mm. I'd columboed the situation out, he went back to the bathroom to clean up, and I got back to my book.
0: <laughs> very cool.
1: Koji Maz Um, P.S. In case you're wondering how it ended He dumped me a few weeks later Assuring me Unprompted That it was nothing to do with my skin colour For quote his For his uh, quote Grandfather had once taken an Indian lover
0: Fucking hell
1: And he didn't think there was anything wrong with it I'm not Indian Although I didn't respond with an okay thank you I was completely dumbfounded
0: Taken an Indian lover (laughs) Taken an Indian lover
1: bold of him to dump someone who was willing to help him with his uh his his bum cling film
0: yeah i mean good luck finding someone else who's that you know who's that kind was that committed and clever um yeah well that's a great email man thank you so much that had had sort of everything that email it was all in there some it really was all in there that's great and i think maybe one of my favourite. Of the many, many poo stories we've we've received, that one I really like that one.
1: Yeah, it was
0: high on farce and low on trauma. That's it. That's it. That's it. Everyone sort mm. comes out of it fine, but the um, the the the, the second act, as it were, is is really yeah. um astan- astonishing, really good. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Great stuff. Um. Well, that's all the time we have. Thank you for your correspondence. All really great as ever. Um, Or if you want to watch me on anything currently, I'm currently on the current series of Outsiders on Dave, which is on every Wednesday night on Dave. It's a really great cast. It's a great fun show. We do a bunch of uh, tricky challenges in the forest, in a campsite. It's really fun. In the woods, the scary woods. So do watch it. Outsiders.
1: Do watch it, please, for the love of God. And uh, do... If you're still wanting to come see my uh, Soho God Soho Theatre show, Soho Theatre show, January the thirtieth to February the fourth. Certain popular evenings are very close to selling out. Bye bye bye, go go go, go go
0: go. All right, cheers, guys. We're going to go now into where? Where is it this week? Into the. Bonus area. The Patreon. The secret Patreon area. We'll figure it out what it is. But um do sign up to the Patreon. Otherwise, we'll see you next week. Next week. Bye. 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 Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel
1: style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more